0: Welcome to Multiversal Cube, partners. Your guide to the comic book multiverse.
1: Found some new thing called podcast form.
0: It's a big hootenanny.
1: It's a rootin' Tootin' Episode of DC
0: Comics. Pilgrim. <laughs> Yes, we are Multiverse with Q, your guide of the comic book multiverse.
1: Now in podcast
0: form. And this week we are covering two Western DC stories, because we haven't done like a straight-up DC story that was actually good for a while. Like we had the uh, Greg Lantern Star Trek crossover yep. a few weeks back. And that was good, but that wasn't pure DC. And then we had the uh, Suicide Squad, and that was hot garbage
1: that was bad
0: so this week we are covering batman the blue the gray and the bat along with justice riders and we'll start off with the uh, first one which was written by elliot s magan and alan weiss though elliot s magan did the actual writing of the issue alan weiss did the pencils jose luis garcia lopez did the inks Digital Chameleon did the colors, and Richard Starkings did letters. And it's a interesting story. It takes, like, a few directions I did not expect. Mm-hmm. And it also uses historical figures, but also not historical figures, but people who you think might have been. Well, some of them were. Yeah. But, uh, we'll, well, we'll get to that. All right. So it is 1863, the Civil War is happening, and Lincoln is trying to find generals who can lead the people in the Union Army, and recently Comstock discovered a gold and silver deposit that could change the course of the war over in the Nevada Territory, which is surrounded by Plains Indians, Mexicans, who are currently French-controlled, and the Southern Confederacy. And so he has called in Lieutenant Colonel Bruce Wayne of the 13th Massachusetts Cavalry. And as Lincoln is working in the White House, the Batman comes in because Lincoln has summoned him to find a shipment of gold and silver that vanished, but it weirdly hasn't seemingly been taken by the Confederacy. Dun dun dun! And, like, this whole plan raises a lot of questions. Because, like, Bruce Wayne is like, yeah, I'll pretend to be a fop. And I was inspired by a bat that flew into my window the night that I received your message, Mr. President. So it's like, did he make this costume before coming over to answer the president's very important request?
1: Oh, I'm really hoping so. And I also personally believe yes.
0: And, like, if he's trying to create this Batman as a, like, secret persona... Why is he going to meet the president in this costume when the president is expecting to meet Bruce Wayne? I mean, that sort of potentially ruins the uh, whole secret identity.
1: Well, I mean, the president can know. It's President Lincoln. Who's he going to tell?
0: Yeah, but if other people see him.
1: And maybe he was about to tell. Maybe in this universe, that's why Lincoln died.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, Lincoln wants Batman to go meet with H&H, and as Batman and Alfred get ready to head out west, Alfred really isn't happy about having to uh, play this charade, but Bruce wants to use it, so he hits on a woman, Margaret Peggy Barnsaver, and her aunt, Mary Louise Pilchard, isn't too happy about them taking the uh, same coach. And, like, I thought they were historical figures, but they were not.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Well, it's just, like, those are very apt period names, I guess.
1: Well, as they should be.
0: Mm-hmm. And... And then Miss Alfred
1: P- is never seen again.
0: Yeah. Well, I figure he just help them load up, and then he's got to go back doing his own things. And Miss Pilchard is incredibly racist, because while they're driving, Agent R appears, and, like... This actually confused me for a while, because it's like, wait, we haven't heard mention of Agent R, and Batman apparently knows him. Is this, like, the Agent H, and they just had a weird lettering error?
1: I forget. No, he mentioned it in his discussion with Alfred.
0: Yeah, but it, then it's like, wait, so there's multiple agents. It It's just a weird rolling out that trips me up, because it tripped me up this time, and I remember tripping me up last time. Gotcha. And Agent R is a Native American, and as they continue riding together, Bloody Bob and the Strong Arm Boys attack the carriage, and Bruce uses this opportunity to get out of the carriage, get onto the roof, and then he pretends to, like, trip or get shot. So Agent R, who is Agent Redbird, you know, like a robin, is there, and. They talk. Agent R wants to kill the people who murdered his parents. And he also brought along Bruce's horse, Apocalypse, a.k.a. Agent A.
1: And Redbird also has the cool mask as well. Well, it's like... Made out of face paint.
0: Yeah, which he can only remove once his uh, parents are avenged. So as the strong-armed boys are trying to run the jewels, the Batman shows up with a gun and a whip. (laughs) Which is pretty baller, and he saves the day. Unfortunately,
1: like, um, LP and Killer Mike were not there to help run the jewels either.
0: They were not. And it is weird how Batman uses a gun and a whip. Like, I wonder if the whip is some strange, like, reference to Batlash. But...
1: No, I think it's just because it's the westerns. Mm-hmm.
0: And when they get to town, Bruce just says that he had lost his balance and he made it to town before the people on the carriage. Which, sure, Bruce, sure. And so he ends up going to the local newspaper, the Territorial Enterprise, where the current person in charge is Sam Clemens. Who's that, Luke? The most famous clam eater. Right. Who combined clams with lemons. That's why his name is, Sam Clemens.
1: I should have known.
0: Mm-hmm. And Bruce wants to recruit soldiers to fight the Confederacy, so they end up heading to a bar where they end up getting into a massive bar brawl, which brings in Peggy and Mary Louise, who are Temperance agents, who end up joining the fight. Ugh. Worst and, kind uh, of agents. What about... talent agents?
1: No, Temperance is still worse.
0: What about travel agents
1: they can get you a good deal when you want to travel to the Bahamas Luke
0: what about Agent J
1: I love Agent J
0: did you like when he rolled into the wild wild west I did when he bounced into the wild wild west
1: Oh man that should be this time that the episode ends on today put a little snip clip of that
0: Or we can come up with our own version and then put it up on iTunes and make millions. Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West. That's
1: basically the only parts I remember, but...
0: I'm going straight to the Wild Wild West because Will Smith, who's me, is the best. Putting on fake bra, shooting guns, running a projector through a guy's through a dead guy's vision, go into the wild, wild west. When I bounce into the wild, wild west. When I fight the giant skeleton in the wild, wild west. See, we're hit makers there. Mm-hmm. So, during the enhanced scuffle, Bruce meets with Agent H, who is James Butler Hickok, a.k.a. Wild Bill Hickok, who's not actually Wild Bill at this time. And they slip out to meet with Redbird. And they then introduce a Bruce to his army. The Dark Knights, who are escaped slaves. And I I couldn't decide whether or not that was offensive or not. Twitter voted yes that it was offensive. But it's also 1860s. That's not offensive. Well, just because it wasn't necessarily offensive back then or wouldn't have been doesn't mean that it can't be offensive now in retrospect yeah yeah bruce is like yeah even though you guys are all escaped slaves but then in that
1: stage everything pretty much is offensive
0: not everything
1: but most things
0: when i confront racism in the wild wild west But Bruce ends up making them all free men and enlisted soldiers, and it's like, Bruce, they escaped. And he's like, well, now they're enlisted soldiers, and it's official. And also Sam Clemens has been following them around, snooping, and Sam Clemens ends up finding them at their meeting that night. And Batman uses him to start reporting positively about the actions of the Batman, which ends up pissing off Bloody Bob. Sam Clemens, meanwhile, started to use the name Mark Twain, and it's like, well, no wonder he uses a pseudonym, Bruce Wayne. He doesn't have the privilege that you have, and you're forcing that poor man to report the news that is angering a general and his large arm- army. hmm And, yeah. So, Bruce also gets to dance with Peggy, which Miss saber doesn't like, and we also find out that they aren't actually related. And she also used to be a prostitute. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 And it's like Batman also ends up being hella racist because like. I don't think she
1: was a prostitute. I think she could have become a prostitute.
0: Well, the way that they address it, it's not necessarily clear, but there's hints because she was talking about how she was working in a less savory place. No,
1: she was raised by the employees in a savory place.
0: Do you say savory instead of unsavory? Whatever. What would a savory place be?
1: Like sweet and savory. Some like a house meats. made out of steak? Mm-hmm.
0: It, it would kind of be horrible to be raised in a savory place. Like Probably. All the meat would go bad really fast.
1: But for that one brief, like, three days, it would have been the greatest three days of your life.
0: Uh, Up I'd until your not, heart attack. I'd rather not live in a house a beat... When I live out in the wild, wild west. In a house made of beat in the wild, wild west. Yeah, like... Bruce is hella racist because he's like... Well, Red Robin... You aren't super sneaky because you're only half Indian. And it's like... What? That... No. I mean, on the bright side, that comes back later... Mm -hmm. But it's weird. Anyways, uh, Peggy tells Bruce that something is going on with the missing silver and gold. And it's seemingly going to be brought to San Francisco. And the people who are behind it are also aware of Bruce Wayne and Batman. But then she kisses him goodbye. He ends up sending Agent H and Sam Clemens to San Francisco to deal with the stuff there. While Batman is going to hunt down the silver. And with with help from Agent R Batman and Redbird end up getting surrounded by hostile Shoshone Indians while Sam Clemens is held up on the train by a lawyer who's worked with the Confederacy a French lawyer ugh disgusting Batman ends up taking the Shoshone down while Sam Clemens finds out the information that he had received was a red herring the French are trying to steal the gold During which time they will betray Bloody Bob. And before the uh, lawyer and the Confederate soldier kill him. Hickok comes in and kills the Confederate officer. And they hold up the French lawyer to get the rest of the information they need. And when they meet up. It turns out that the. And they keep changing between whether or not it's the gold or the silver. Uh, Like it turns out that the gold is in a covered wagon caravan
1: it's probably both
0: yeah but it's not consistent that they say both of it yeah yeah so they decide to attack the strong arm boys hideout at night with the dark knights and this is where the coloring gets me because it doesn't look at night for the rest of the issue no he doesn't go at night They, they made the big point about going at night, though.
1: No, he says you should go at night. Oh, wait, no, that was another issue. Yeah, then yeah. never mind.
0: Yeah. So, weirdly, because it looks like day Batman surrenders himself and reveals how Bloody Bob is set to be ret- betrayed, and Blood Bob's like, yeah, I don't really believe you. Let's tie him up and shoot him with a cannon. And because he isn't like Homer Simpson in that one Simpsons episode, he knows he has to escape out of getting hit in the stomach with a cannon. How's that for Simpsons references? That's Bevin? a
1: pretty great Simpsons reference.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hopefully his stomach will not rumble.
0: So, Batman is able to escape. Uh, they start shooting, and some of the men get tied up when the Dark Knights head up to round up the strong arm boys before they can reach Virginia City. hmm Where the attack is supposed to be a big distraction to continue moving the gold-slash-silver. Redbird ends up finding out that Bloody Bob had killed his mother... And he's weirdly still hanging under his scalp. So Red Robin stabs Bloody Bob in the heart, killing him. And the Dark Knights have successfully routed the Strongarm Boys.
1: I also really like that the way they handle it. It's like, oh, Robin, you probably shouldn't have killed that man. He's like, oh, hello, Armstrong. Yeah, Armstrong, um, died.
0: You mean Bloody Bob?
1: Yeah, well that's his last name, is Armstrong. That's like the line is like, um, Armstrong, um, died.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess I didn't put his last name in the notes. So that's why they're the Strong Arm Boys. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. And so Batman rides off to try and capture the caravans, and it turns out that Peggy and her fake aunt have the gold which they plan to take into Mexico, where the United States won't have jurisdiction. Batman sends Redbird to message Carson. And Batman lays siege with arrows to the caravan, sending the defense running away as the entire caravan is engulfed in flame. And that's when Batman confronts the ringleaders. Unfortunately, the French army attacks, and Apocalypse, a.k.a. Agent A, the horse is killed. Batman uses... Rest in peace. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Cosplaying horse. R.I.P.
1: peace, horse.
0: I guess the real apocalypse was friendship. Batman uses the last of his bullets shooting at the French army that he's facing down with. Robin shows up, but he wasn't able to talk to Carson because they didn't trust him because he's Native American, and Robin ends up getting shot. But then Carson's men showed up, uh, and... The and they're able to take out the French army, and it turns out that Kit Carson had previously trained Bruce Wayne. Bruce reveals that he is Batman to the two women. He doesn't think anyone will believe them, and Redburn will prob and Redbird will probably be fine. Yep, it's a weird ending.
1: Yeah, I thought, I thought Redbird was gonna be fine. He just got shot in the shoulder.
0: Yeah, well, and like. I, part of me wishes that, like, uh, Peggy had been, like, a Selena Kyle instead. Yeah. Like, maybe that would have, uh, broadcasted things a bit too much. That she was, like, going to betray him. But I think that would have fit a lot more.
1: But it's also in, like, a 60-page story, I think you would have been.
0: Yeah, but it would have, uh. That would have needed to be a
1: much longer story, then.
0: No, I mean, like, just call her Selina Kyle instead. And then it, that would have set things up. Yeah. Because, like, her sudden betrayal is sort of sudden and out of nowhere. No, it's not. Because
1: she's speaking with the French general, like, all that time. Or that French lawyer. And then she's like, oh, I was just doing it to help you, Bruce Wayne.
0: Okay, I...
1: And there was hints that that was not true.
0: He could have been Harvard Dent. Mm Mm-hmm. The second story we are covering is Justice Riders, which happens on pre-52 Earth-18, which was written by Chuck Dixon, with pencils by J.H. Williams III, inks by Mick Gray, with Lee Loffridge and Heroic Age on the colors, and Bill Oakley on the letters. And we start off with Felix Faust in the Paradise Jail where Diana Prince is the Sheriff. At the time, though, her deputy Oberon is watching, and Faust makes a warning before a bright light shows up enveloping the town. Meanwhile, Diana is taking back some horse thieves to Paradise when she finds out that her town has been destroyed. So she ends up letting the thieves escape, she finds Oberon who mentions something before he dies, and Diana leaves in shame. Elsewhere, Kid Flash has been working as a bouncer when Diana shows up looking for him. As she describes what happened to her town, Booster Gold, gentleman of fortune, shows up offering his help, but she turns him down. The pair then head off to Katar Johnson, who is a Native American Hawkman. Booster Gold, meanwhile, goes to the Beetle's Machines and Weapons, where Beetle is an eccentric inventor who provides Booster with a special gun. Meanwhile, Felix Faust has been meeting with Maxwell Lord, the famous railroad baron, who was the one who ended up destroying Paradise with his strange technology. Diana's party discusses how Paradise had been burnt to a crisp and how Faust had previously avoided dying multiple times when a group of Lord's men come in. Men who are strangely identical to one another, and when the fighting starts, they turn out to be actually robots.
1: And they basically look identical to the Westworld robots.
0: You old Brenner bots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you excited about that new Westworld I'm show? I'm actually
1: very excited. I think it looks pretty good.
0: Mm-hmm. At the uh, gateway, they're going to be shown Westworld. Oh, nice. For one of their uh, midnight marathons that they're doing now. Nice. Yeah. Here's the kicker, though. That is the same weekend as the horror marathon. Ooh, and horror marathon is also the same week in CXC.
1: Oh man, what are you gonna do, Luke?
0: I'm going to volunteer a day during the week at CXC. Uh, see about getting off early to go on Friday to work and volunteer at a uh, CXC, and then I'm doing that horror marathon, man. Oh yeah. Some good stuff. Yep. So the team isn't very effective against the robots. Luckily, Booster and Beetle show up with the Gatling gun, and they all figure out that Lord is behind everything, so they decide to head to his town called Helderado, (laughs) and Booster and Beetle are welcomed into the group. Meanwhile, Guy Gardner, Pinkerton agent, aka Kid Baltimore, shows up in town. He is famous from Colonel Kent's Wild West Bravados. I recount his adventures, like the time when he fought Solomon Grundy and his gang single-handedly. And he's looking for Wallace West now for the murder of Barry Allen, Wallace West being the secret identity of Kid Flash. As the party is waiting and camping at night, John Jones shows up and offers to join, but, he's staying, but he strangely stays away from the fire while the others are waiting around it, and he mentions that he is looking for his own enemy, back in Hell Dorado. Faust and Lord prepare for the arrival of the Justice Riders. Faust comments that Maxwell Lord's technology seems incredibly complex. Well, Faust himself is a magic user. The Riders find another burnt down town as Guy watches them from afar. When the Riders finally reach the town, they notice that nobody is moving in the streets, and so they launch their assault. They find that the people in the town are robots, and Diana sees that Faust is also waiting in the town. Meanwhile, Guy has Booster and Beetle cornered. Lord reveals that he has been taken out of town so that way he can replace them with robot men so he can have workers who he doesn't need to pay so he can make a massive fortune. Mm hmm. Diana is a pumping Lord full of lead, and it turns out that this one is just a robot. And so the other robots start fighting as well. Booster and Beetle try to argue that Guy should let them help, and they pry on his ego that. They can't let a robot kill Kid Flash when that's supposed to be his job.
1: That'll hurt his reputation.
0: Yeah, partner. It'll hurt his reputation in the Wild Wild West. Is in the Wild Wild West the new in my pants? It could be. I've got a boner for you in the Wild Wild West. It applies. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess, to a degree, almost any location works. It's true. It just depends on how you say it in the Wild Wild West. And as the party faces their impending doom, Faust appears and reveals that Maxwell Lord has his new form, Lord Havoc, which is a giant killer train robot that looks like a Final Fantasy boss, and it's equipped with the weapons that destroyed all the other towns. As Lord Havoc looms over Diana, John, Kid Flash, and Katar, Guy, Beetle, and Booster ride in with a Gatling gun that, when it hits Lord Havoc, it causes it to explode the robot. When Faust tries to escape, Kid Flash captures him with help from Guy Gardner, but then Gardner tries to turn around and arrest him. Faust takes this moment to try and kill both of them, but they turn around and shoot him instead. And before Guy is able to arrest Kid Flash, the other Justice Riders turn him away. And it was Lord who called them the Justice Riders. Yes. Diana ends up forcing Maxo Lord to tell where he got the technology with her rope, and they find out that Maxo Lord had captured a Dominator slash Dominion alien, who he used to help make the technology. And John promises to return the alien to where it came from. The rest of the team prepares to separate, despite Beetle's suggestion that they stick together as the Justice Riders. And as they ride off, Felix House gets up to cause trouble again. And it turns out that Ted Cord has been relating the story to Colonel Clark Kent, who suggests that he, he could use the story in his magazine, but he's going to cut out the parts with the aliens because they might be too far-fetched. Like, I think it does a good job of introducing everyone, getting enough of their personality. For and... me, it's,
1: I feel like there's too, a few too many people. Mostly, I don't think that John Jones should have been introduced.
0: Well, he's there because there's an alien behind everything. Yeah. I don't think you needed Katar, but they wanted a Native American character in there.
1: Yeah. Well, and I don't think they needed um, Guy Gardner.
0: I appreciate them. They're also, for things. me,
1: the big thing I didn't like is... I was... Oh, I feel like they were really lazy with Wonder Woman's western costume. Because it's exactly the same as her normal costume.
0: Not really. She
1: just has pants on instead.
0: The top is different. She wears a hat.
1: I mean the top is different, but it's just, like, it's made of leather.
0: Shiny top of leather yeah but she has a new hat are i get that she that,
1: has a new hat but
0: are you saying that she's the same doll with a cheap new hat basically don't ask me i'm just a girl
1: to me i think they should have completely changed like get yeah, her outfit
0: I think it works, because it still needs to be recognizable as a Wonder Woman outfit. And she's more or less the lead of the story. Yeah. I like it. I think J.H. Williams did a fantastic job on this. Yeah, like, I The art is really neat, because they've got, like, border designs around every page. And they, like, relate to the characters who are involved. Yeah. Now, did you ever see that 4th uh, West thing that uh, Kyle Latino and I had done?
1: Yes, you've sent me, you had sent me pictures of that.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, like, <laughs> after I had read this, me and Kyle Latino, artist of the webcomic She-Dwarf, uh, we had been talking, and I was like, Hey, if you draw images of uh, old West-style new gods, I will come up with a role-playing game for it. And then I did, and it was good. It was the uh, Justice Riders, except for John coming back to face the uh, Apocalypse. Nice. It was a good time. I think I've got the uh, role-playing game stats somewhere if you're interested. If you are interested, message me. But I'll put a, a link to the Comics Alliance page that Chris Sims compiled in the show notes. And, uh Yeah. So we actually did get questions this time. Oh man. Do you know how many questions we got? One. Two. Uh, two! Yeah. So, one of the questions that we ended up getting. Scrolling through my notes that Who are Who smells more,
1: Luke or Devin? I'll answer that one. Don't worry, guys. It is Luke.
0: Okay. Wait, who does what more? Who smells more? Smells more like... Smells more intensely or smells more through their nose?
1: Smells more intensely.
0: Yeah, it's you, Devin.
1: No, it's you, Luke. Why is it me? Because I can smell you through the microphone.
0: Ho, 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 ho. Ho, You can smell me through the microphone in the Wild Wild West? I can. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Oh, uh, Do I smell good? Yes. Okay. So, Javier Files asks, is there a universe where Maggot is still relevant? And according to multiversal theory, there are infinite universes where Maggot is relevant.
1: But in reality, no.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know any numbered universes where he is still relevant. Though, you know, he could be used for stories. And then the other question we had was actually more of a request from Yvonne Maluk, Yv- Yvonne Mukluk, who wants to know if we are ever going to cover JLA Act of God because it's similar to the What If House of M. So you know, I think we can uh, look into covering that we sometime. We can
1: do that. Mm-hmm. It could be we our can next do it DC special. Five times.
0: Eh, probably, but now it is time for. Trials of the Multiverse. You ready? I'm ready. You are? Yeah. So first we have Batman, the blue, the gray, and the bat, which is Civil War Batman. How do you feel about this one?
1: I like Civil War Batman.
0: Well, our current list is 358 items, so that means that our divide and line is 179, and our dividing line for that... Is eighty nine
1: and a half. So yes, here's my thing. For me it was the blue, the grey and the bat felt more like a Western than Justice Riders did.
0: I agree with that. Justice Riders though is more of a superhero comic.
1: Yeah. But I guess for me it's they were trying to be Westerns, so
0: Well, it's a Western superhero comic. Yeah. Okay. So would you say Blue, the gray and the Bad is Top Quarter? I thought so. Is it better than Stagnita, the Static Magneto? I do. A lot better?
1: A lot better.
0: Is it better than Amalgam Universe? Yes. Okay. Is it better than what if the Punisher was a stern, fatherly type?
1: Ooh, maybe not.
0: Uh, is it... I don't think it's as good as "What if Aunt May Became the Punisher?" or National Endowment for the Arts presented Spidey intellectual stories. It's true. Is it better than an evening with Miss Marvel? Yes. So then, our new number seventy-two is Earth question mark Civil War Batman. I should put in American. Civil War Batman as opposed to the Marvel Civil War Batman. Yep. What side do you think Batman would fall in on the registration, anti-registration argument? Uh, I think he would
1: actually go for registration.
0: I'd have a hard time doing that. I'd have a hard time seeing that, though, because like he wants to keep his identity secret.
1: Yeah, mean that's true.
0: But... Like that universe holds up less logically. But at the same ways.
1: time, as well, he would be for more like the order of everything and the accountability. Batman's all about that accountability.
0: Depending on the Batman. Yeah. And then we have Pre 52, Earth 18. I like this one more. I did it. Too bad. Oh okay. So beyond Wonder Woman not using her lasso a lot.
1: Oh yeah, I didn't even bring up that great point. And she didn't use her lasso like at all. She used it once after they had already defeated the person and tied and just used it to tie them up.
0: And to get them to tell the truth.
1: Yeah, but I wanted to see some cool lasso and tricks.
0: But you're judging it for what it is missing, not what it is.
1: I want where was the fancy dance? Basically she would be more like Fancy Dan in Montana.
0: Basically, she little to be like Montana. I am, I am a you incapable of offering a good...
1: Why did she a good a good lasso? It's a classic Western staple.
0: Because she wasn't capturing cows. And also, like, She didn't really have an opportunity to use it.
1: She could have. She could have used it on a robot and it would have been cool.
0: Except it wouldn't work on a robot because robots aren't living.
1: It's still a piece of rope. It still can do cool lasso tricks. Could Ah. have been a cool chase sequence. Bam. Got him. Yank. Bam. Robot dead.
0: But it's also a limited length graphic novel or well one shot collection oh i
1: believe that someone was complaining about how selena kyle wasn't in the last one blah 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 Well, no, no. it's not what
0: i'm what i am saying is that she could have been selena kyle in that one
1: and she could have used her lasso in this one
0: Well, what you're saying is adding in new elements what i'm saying is clarifying the elements that currently exist
1: nope not what you're doing then you're create completely changing the character
0: no because she could still because you
1: misread an element because there was another one that said that I look at me I'm a traitor earlier in the issue
0: is this going to be our uh, civil war it could be oh no so does that mean next week we'll have to do separate episodes probably oh no oh no so next week we're going to record two separate episodes sure okay and then whoever wins the war gets to place uh the uh justice Riders wherever they want we'll do it by voting we do a uh, week-long poll over whichever episode is better We'll upload both of them on the same day with uh, the articles or with the uh, background info and then whichever one is more popular gets to place Justice Riders on the universe where they want it. Okay? Okay. Uh, and we, we'll, we'll figure out what we're going to be covering afterwards. This is uh, interesting. This is interesting. Uh, well... Devin, you no-tooth dog in the wild, wild west, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on the Twitter at FredOFET, that's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T, and Luke, where can people find you?
0: You can find me on the Twitter at at AtColTrack, that's K O L T I'm also going to be at a few shows, including New York Comic Con and CXC for a day. Uh, You can also find myself at LukeHere.com, which I'll be updating soon because I designed a shirt for a lizard man. Multiverse Q is a weekly podcast. You can find more out about us at multiverseq.com. We also have Twitter, Libson, and a bunch of other stuff, including Imsi. You can also email us at multiverseofq at gmail.com. Uh, send us questions through your preferred format, and we will gladly answer them as best we can. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider supporting our Patreon. And, uh, yeah, I think that wraps us up for this week. Until next week, this one's for Hank in the Wild Wild West.